0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: The right hand post and this will be the last opportunity of the game. Because Odegaard has a corner over on the far side. Swings it onto the edge of the six yard box. Bournemouth cleared away. Reese Nelson with a strike. Oh my a hit that is from Reese Nelson on as a substitute for Arsenal and he's just gone and won it this place has gone bizarre Arsenal 3, Bournemouth 2 Mikel Arteta's down the touchline, there are fans all around me, Bournemouth players are down and Arsenal have won it in the 97th minute Unbelievable! It is absolute bedlam at the Emirates. There are substitutes on, the bench is on. Mikel Arteta's gone down the touchline. Wow. Gary O'Neill just takes a sip of water and drops his bottle to the ground. One of the Arsenal players, I couldn't see who that was because his face was covered. was It Was looked like they were in tears at that incredible this place is absolutely jumping we we are sat right in the middle of the Arsenal fans you can hear them we are top of the league and Reese Nelson on the edge of the area smashed it into the bottom right hand corner you could not write this I said on Wednesday they believed that they could do this well they certainly can do now what an afternoon! What a game!
2: Yes, yes, and yes, and welcome back finish. to the Fresh Arsenal podcast with me, Ollie PB, and once again joined by AFC Pets from across the, what do you say? Pond. Is it across the pond? that's yeah, what I was going to say. I, say. But I thought that sounded like Australia. <laughs> that, that's yeah. down under, isn't it?
0: That's down under.
2: Still there, and um, yeah, I guess, well, you didn't watch the first half you were going to say but legally we couldn't watch the first half in the UK but you probably could over there
0: yeah fubo tv has every single premier league game like every single one so like even if you want to watch forest bournemouth if you can um to your heart's content so yeah it's good the only the only thing is the the audio and like it's not totally in sync like you know sometimes when you're watching the bn sport or foreign streams the audio mm. just isn't as good there's not as good sinkage as there is to uh, yeah. the the British British TV. Oh, I hate
2: that. Yeah, in my search really for annoying. a stream on Saturday. I yeah realized I was on one of those when I think we had a chance or something, and they were getting excited. But on my screen, we had the ball in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, it's not that. So bad. Imme-
0: it's not that bad, but it's like yeah. maybe a quarter of a second or something like that.
2: Yeah, I immediately muted it and looked for a new one because. I can't have that being spoiled. I mean, I hope as many people as possible were we're lucky enough to have found a a working one to watch that moment live. Or as you would have seen on my Twitter since the game, some brilliant commentary as well, if you were on the road or tuning in to uh, legal radio, Um, you may have just heard some of those clips again because I'll probably drop them into the intro. So um, yeah, magic moments, which I'm sure pet like me and lots of people listening you've relived the goal the commentary and and every part of it i think Arsenal will probably be releasing some videos if they haven't already this morning their sort of bench cam will be good for this did you see the tunnel
0: one where all the players are walking into the tunnel have a look at that one uh, yeah yeah yeah, at the end and uh, just just watch it um when you get a minute because at the end Odegaard's the last one that comes down. Obviously, Ben White's the first one that comes down, just like smiles at the camera, doesn't celebrate. Party and Gabriel go mad, Jacko goes goes nuts, Sinchenko, like pounds his chest. Um, all the other boys happy, and then Odegaard comes in right at the end, just goes, Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yeah, I, I just I just I, so, um, uh, so, so I only got to watch the second half um because it was my girlfriend's birthday and we were skiing and so i kind of negotiated to watch the second half from 11 a.m so like yeah. ski 9 to 11 i'll go go down to the bottom of the slope watch the game on my phone stream it and uh you, you keep skiing and then find me at the end of the game type of thing so I managed to negotiate mm-hmm. that which was great I, I, I think if i'd missed it i would have been um tr- truly gutted but i was watching yeah. outside like a coffee shop like uh on a on this chair but these these outside chairs they had the the skiing place and the people were queuing up for their coffee so i couldn't really celebrate that much so for the Mm. 2-1 i kind of did a fist pump for the 2-2 did a fist pump and then honestly the last you know 10 minutes i was kind of like you know slapping my leg every time one of those stray crosses went straight into Neto's arms blah 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 and Mm. um but for the for the goal i literally lost my mind i couldn't I couldn't contain it, it went absolutely crazy. There's about 20 people around me looking at me, and um, yeah. there was this family like these two mums with about like 10 kids with them. And uh, these kids were so confused, like, what's happened? And uh, one of <laughs> like a couple of them came over to see, like, look at my phone, and I just had to explain, like, oh, it's a, it's a yeah. soccer game, they've just won in the last minute. But it was, it was, yeah, it just could not, I can't imagine what it would have been like in the stadium. I mean, I've been into been a couple of the you know last minute winners or or kind of last 15 minutes you know the Liverpool the the Villa the Fulham um and they were crazy so I can't even imagine what the Bournemouth Bournemouth game was like
2: yeah yeah crazy I mean I was a similar uncontrollable state but luckily I was at home alone at that time so no one had to witness it although the neighbours were probably wondering what was going on but um, yeah, so much emotion, so much tension built up because I guess let's, let's rewind a bit, um, take us take us back to the very start of the game then. Um, yeah, kickoff, nine <laughs> seconds, <laughs> one nil down. And it's one of those where you watch it back and you think, have we switched off? Um, you know, are people sort of strolling around at the start and, when you look at it back, we we get all the numbers back. You know, we seem to be straight into the. It's like we kind of knew it was happening. I think they've scored a similar goal, haven't they, against someone this season mm. from from a kickoff? So I think the team, worryingly, I guess, sort of were clued up on that they were going to do that, but still couldn't stop it. Um, so I think we got the bodies back. It was probably just the focus and and the sharpness of the players. I mean, there has been referees on TV. This morning, I think, saying that it should have been disallowed technically because Bournemouth had a few players one step in our half, um, which I don't think can be our excuse to no. focus on. But but it is another thing where you can't help but feel if we'd done it, that maybe it might have found its way for it to of our inspection. But so uh, I
0: I had a thought. Do you remember when Saka was quasi offside for that Liverpool goal we scored?
2: Yeah, well, it was, it was never. Yeah, we never knew that, did
0: we? We, we never knew that It's because VAR didn't have a camera there, and mm. or didn't have the angle. And isn't it? I mean, I like guess a bit different because you're you're going over the line and it's more, more clear cut. But maybe they don't have that. I know it sounds silly, but it's the same mm-hmm. exact spot, isn't it? Um, that the player steps over just in the opposite direction. Yeah,
2: I think. Yeah, it's one of those where honestly, I'm like. You know, we can't have it as an excuse, and it it would be sad to rule out goals like that. But then, where do you draw the line? You know, you've got to draw the line where the line is. If we're yeah, being official, otherwise, yeah. you'll get people. Otherwise, people start running past the D. You know, yeah, to, to get right in the box. It, it's like you can't you remember rule the, those out, but not the ones. Is
0: it the Saliba yeah, handball away at Fulham? No, not Fulham. No. Away at Leeds, where they came back from an offside position, crossed it, and he handballs mm. it, and it's like, you know that that shouldn't have been allowed to happen but it did and we yeah. still made a mistake i kind of feel it's a little bit like that still a bit of grief mm. that it's not looked at or not even talked about but um yeah yeah i mean it's I, th- I think it Gab- as well. i think for as good as gabriel and saliba have been um these last two games and i think overall they were pretty good in in this game um they both got a bit confused didn't they for that
2: Found its way through, and it? it just seemed to trickle all the way through. Really and someone out. needed to take responsibility and cut it out, and it's hard to point yeah, one person. But I see what you mean about both the defenders and, and maybe Zinchenko on trying to do more to stop the cross. But yeah, I mean a really strange start. We have we've seen Arsenal start really quick. We haven't. I don't think we've been hit by many early goals against us this season. Um. Uh-huh. But I guess at that stage, watching it, obviously far from ideal, but it didn't really change what we were expecting the game to go like in that Bournemouth were always going to sit back at nil-nil anyway, I think. So, um, yeah, I was fairly calm at that point, just given there was so much time and I was trying to see the positive in it to think, you know, if they're going to score a goal today, you want it to be immediately almost to maybe wake us up if if we're going to be slightly complacent. And... You know, there's sliding doors moments throughout lots of parts of football and there was many of them today. But I think, you know, the the first one was quite soon after that goal. I think it was that Erdogan had a really good shot. The neto as well to parry. Saka, on reflection, probably had more time to pick his spot, but you can absolutely see why he's hit it first time while the keeper's still sort of getting up. Um, but he sort of blasts it straight at neto. He sort of blocks it with his shoulder or something, I think. But that was a really big chance to sort of score straight away, and I think, coupled with how early it was and that chance, I was very relaxed. I thought, we can still go and win this
0: fairly comfortably.
2: Yeah, I mean, little <coughs> did I little
0: you know, I, I, looked, I looked at the, I looked at uh my phone on about thirty seven minutes, and um, yeah, I, I seeing it one 0 I was like, what the hell and uh i i was really surprised and you know looking through twitter everyone saying we weren't playing really well um and it was just really confusing and then you know seeing stuff like ramsdale having to make goal saving ch- uh, uh, saves um etc it just do you know it felt yeah. like um under emery when we lost those brighton and palace games where we were just completely expected to win them and just completely collapsed and I just had that horrible feeling that it felt very much like that when I was looking through the tweets and stuff
2: mm. yeah I think it's uh it's an interesting one to have not seen the first half because when I look at the stats which I guess what you're you probably glanced at um I'm looking back now first half we had 85 percent of the ball to so 15 14 shots to two and nine corners in one half to zero. But there was that that big chance I've just just talked through from Saka slash Odegaard. But they scored, and the next big chance, the only other real big chance of the first half, other than those two, was uh, a a chance on the break where Ramsdale does fantastically well to close down the angle in the first instance as he comes out. Mm. Because um, there's a couple of players there still, and makes a makes himself massive, and we've we've seen him, we've seen him sort of sprawl to those shapes before and sort of get nowhere near it. I, I can he sort of takes that risk to say you're going to try and shoot kind of thing? And sometimes people do a slight movement and make him look a little bit silly. I find, but this was really brave goalkeeping and a huge moment potentially in this game who knows what would have happened um but yeah just wanted to shout out that Ramsdale played his part despite you know their goal their two goals um and that chance I think were their only well they had four shots so those were three of their four shots in the whole game um so 1.45 expected goals they did score two but that was certainly a big chance for them and I think despite all those stats in the first half, it was, I think they were ahead on XG at half time because of those two big chances. So, yeah, I mean, that was a, a big warning sign and you thought, how many more chances like that are they going to get today? And uh, Luckily for us, I think it went on that as they sank deeper and deeper, they didn't even really leave one forward and there was no real threat of the counter because every single person was behind the ball from that point, but... The the bit that worried me the most, Pat, after that chance was in his efforts to trap back Trossard pulling up injured. And we had the sort of unexpected news that I didn't think many of us expected Enquetia to start, but we of course thought he would be on the bench. He has some sort of knock. I don't know if there's a update from Arteta on that. But with no Enketia on the bench, Jesus obviously still coming back to fitness and Trossard injured there's no natural tested centre-forward available Mm. on the pitch or on the bench. So that was, you know, I wrote last week about how Trossard had really helped to rebalance this Arsenal attack after losing Jesus. And we started to get some great patterns back of the convincing 4-0 win against Everton, saw some great attacking movement and shapes. And I was worried at that point, I've got to say, because we're facing a very deep block we brought on Smith Rowe, who from the under twenty one game and his sub appearance at Everton and you know recent appearances, you can tell he's going to need some time to work into finding his best form again. Yeah, when you're one 0 down and needing to win, it's not an ideal situation. So, I guess when you glanced at your phone in that first half and you saw Trossard was off, what was what was your emotions on that moment?
0: Oh, I I, will, I was very much like ah uh, this feels like the end of last season when everyone just started going down right. Um, mm. I think the saving grace is that we've got two well four games before the international break, two of them in the Premier League that I think obviously the priority. Um, at, at the same time, it does mean Smith Rowe got forty five minutes in his legs. He he did get an assist also. I know he didn't look amazing. Mm.
2: Um, I think reflecting now, yes, we can yeah, say that. But, sure, but I mean, yeah, yeah. But yeah in, in the mind, moment, like, at where it, we're at, certainly... at the time,
0: I was like, "Oh no, this is not good," because he just has been so good for us, Ross, since since the minute he stepped on the pitch. Um, mm. And so, I, I was really, I was, I was hoping it was a knock. I mean, from the, I have watched the post match presser, and Arteta said it was a groin strain. So. Mm. I mean, you gotta presume that he's gonna be out for at least at least a couple of weeks, right? Even if it's quite quite a minor one. So we're looking at not having him for the next four fixtures. Um mm-hmm. I, I ju- it just felt like, oh man, like just when you didn't need that injury, because I saw Nketiah wasn't in the squad. And when I saw Smith Rowe come on, I was like, Oh, that must mean Nketiah's not in the squad. I just thought, yeah, this these injuries are happening at the, at the wrong time, considering Jesus is, is also out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move into the second half then. Arteta makes his first brave change of the afternoon. And we've talked a lot about when Arteta's not quite got subs right in key moments in games and how that's been something he's needed to potentially work on and improve on. And he was certainly braver than we've seen him with subs in the past when maybe he's, He's held off um, in certain games, but Tomiyasu, probably one of our best players last season when fit. And this season he has had persistent injury issues. He's had 30 minute spells or a start here and there where he's looked that amazing best, you know, brilliant in his duels. He had that game at left back against Liverpool. Um, you know, he's had moments, but he's also had some halves and some periods off the bench where he's looked really poor. And, you know, it must be difficult coming in and out of the team, having persistent injury issues. But I don't think many would have predicted that White would be sort of clearly the the number one choice at right-back at the start of this season when when we hadn't really seen White at right-back before. So I guess, you know, real positive story for White, but a slight concern for Tomiyasu, and and I know he didn't watch first half pet. he wasn't wasn't that he did anything atrocious Um, it was more that and this is probably just from not playing enough, he struggled he struggled to build that relationship with Saka, and I think White's really done that well in recent weeks. I think he's
0: also struggled to develop that relationship with Saliba I don't know what you think about Mm -hmm. that, but yeah. whenever i've watched them both play i think apart from the second half of the city cup game i've always felt that the spacing's a bit off and also if you watch the oh, what game is it i think it might be the is it the city game yeah the city premier league game where every time georginio has the ball he's like ushering tommy asu to get forward and like stay wider like right by the touchline i don't know if anyone wants to go back and watch that but he's constantly pointing at Tommy Asu telling him to go wider and telling him where he wants to go because that's where he wants to pass the ball and I just think he doesn't quite have that linkage with that right hand side of Saliba um Jorginho when he plays and, and Saka I, I'm torn between thinking Tommy Asu needs more game time versus he needs a rest because like he was he, he went to the World Cup injured played injured I think that's pretty clear came back injured Got kind of chucked in because Arteta was probably like, well, if you played at the World Cup, you can play for the team that pl- pays you, right? And I'm wondering whether or not this international break, you know, God willing, he doesn't <laughs> go to international duty with Japan. Um, he gets a, a good break. Um, mm-hmm. I am I am interested to see how he does in these Europa games. I'm kind of presuming he's going to start on Thursday and then start yeah. next Thursday as well. But generally, generally speaking, I'm I'm not too concerned yet. I think a lot of people have been like, do we need to maybe buy a right back and make Tommy Asu the right centre-back cover? I can kind of see that. Um, but I do think he and White are quite analogous in terms of centre-back, right-back and, and how they play. Mm. I think White's obviously better technically and better in the final third, but I'm, I'm not too worried yet, but I can definitely see why people might be.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think we should be talking about replacing him yet at all. Um, but
0: can I can I just add I one think, more thing as well? And I think that I messaged you before I forget. Um, I basically said that we've got a lot of players that when they don't start games well, it takes them ages to like regain composure and get get going. I think mm-hmm. the only players that I can think of where they kind of make mistakes or they're not playing that well and that they still st- try and do the, the same thing over and over again in a good way, probably Zinchenko, Odegaard, Saka, um, Maybe even Ramsdale, like he makes a bad pass, straight pass. He did this in, in this game as well and he just keeps passing out the back, doesn't really care. But I think a lot of them, like when they start badly, Ollie, they do tend to take a while. Like I think I mentioned, mentioned to you that Thomas Partey had probably his worst game of the season up until he scored. Um, Gabriel and Saliba looked really, really shaky in, in those first 60 minutes from what I've seen. Tommy Assi obviously got taken off. I don't think even White played particularly well when he came on until he scored. Um, so there's a lot of players in this squad that I think, you know, when they when they don't start well, they they don't they 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 really struggle to like regain composure. You saw it in that City game, right? Like as soon as Gabriel had that tussle with with Harland, that, that gives away that penalty that gets taken off with the AR. Instead of being like sighing a breath of relief and giving it confidence, just completely shattered it. Same with Tomiyasu, makes that mistake, never gets back into the game. Um, Zinchenko gave yeah. a few balls away never gets back into the game. I think Brentford Saliba gets, you know, pinned by Tony and kind of gets manhandled for the rest of the game. I think a lot of these players, when they don't start well, they, they kind of seemingly lose confidence, which is the one real negative I took from this game.
2: Yeah, I guess though, a lot of those players you said haven't played well in this game, did manage to turn it around in that second yeah. half. Partey scoring, White scoring, et cetera, which we'll get on to. Just on Tommy Asi, I think, you know, you said, is it that he needs a rest or needs to play more? I would lean towards the needs more minutes. I think, you know, we don't have the data on on that physical side of it. But if, if everything points to him being fine, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think he needs a rest. I think probably what we've both reflected on there is that his positioning on the pitch, whether that's in defensive scenarios alongside Saliba or on build-up, or overlapping, standing in the same areas as Erdegaard and Saka. It's probably a case of, Forest country, he plays left centre-back most of the time. Um, I think at the World Cup, they had a little bit in a back four, a bit of a back five, which is very different. He came back, or before the World Cup, he was playing a few games in a row. He played at left-back for us, which mm. is a very different role compared to playing at right-back in, in our system. Um, And then he's coming in at right back and you're never having a run of games, which is hard for anyone. And I know that's part part and parcel of being a rotational player, but he's not just had to deal with that rotation. He's had to deal with three very different positions, a World Cup in the middle of the season where he's one of their best players, but was half injured, has to come in and play a very specific, different centre back role for them. That can't be easy to settle into a rhythm. And some of Arsenal's best players this season, well, all of them really, have settled into great rhythms and that's why they're doing so well. So I have sympathy for him on on that front. Hope he starts both sporting games and, uh, and yeah, plays it right back unless we have some injury, mad injury issues in the heart of the defence, then hopefully he can get back into that rhythm. But, yeah, I think regardless, brave call for Arteta to make ultimately... It, uh, it works. But before all that, we did go two goals behind. Sanesi so heading in, what looked like just the most simple header in the world to score. On the replay, I think Partey gets sort of um, Sanesi waiting at the back post and then he just sort of makes the run and completely beats Partey to the ball, almost appears completely unmarked then when he heads mm. it in. Even the header sort of goes, I don't want to blame Ramsdale, really, but it's it's not in the corner, is it really? Um it just looked a very like Sunday league corner goal, which was yeah. really disappointing.
0: Well the Sunday league marking, wasn't it? I think the the period just before that, um I think a ball's bobbling about party headers at someone, they head it back to someone to him, and then he tries to Kick it forward to Vieira. He gets beaten to the ball. It's not a great pass. And then Party loses that second ball. And then it goes out to Is it Atara, who's, who's pretty handy? I've kind of liked him ever since he was um, out of Lorient. I don't think he'll be at Bournemouth for very long. Um, he nutmegs Party. Party gives the foul away. And then we don't defend the free kick particularly well. It's kind of headed on for a corner. And then I think Party's kind of marking senesian and loses him so I think it compounded mm. the kind of bad first 50 minutes of that half he had but at that moment I was kind of like I think I texted you didn't I, I said that's that's that isn't it I can't see this team mm. the way they're playing and the kind of the point I made about how some of these players just play badly once they start badly um I, c- I really couldn't see what, what was to come uh particularly well, with some of with the here
2: half an hour left
0: yeah, I mean, particularly with some of the, the guys that became the heroes, right? Like as I said, I thought Party was really poor. I thought Ben White hadn't looked particularly better than Tommy Yassi when he'd come on. Um, you know, even Sinchenko wasn't particularly good and he probably ended up being one of our one of our better players. Smith Rowe was completely you know, didn't even notice him in that second half. Um, so what was to come was, was definitely a shock to me. Did you did you yeah. believe at this point, Ollie? Well, it's 2-0,
2: 57 minutes. Um, I don't know if I believed in a win, but I I didn't think the game was lost.
0: If you'd been offered a 2-2 at that point, would you have taken it?
2: I don't think so, because just what does a point really do at home? I I know a point could well be the difference come the end of the season, but I think if we draw at home to Bournemouth with the games we've got, you know, this is probably our easiest game that was left on paper. So the faith that I and the players may have in themselves with a draw at home to Bournemouth, I don't think propels us to the title. I think we're safe Mm. in the top four. So I would probably have rolled the dice with half an hour left because, you know, we're at home. Momentum is a real thing. 2-0 is a dangerous scoreline. I think what, propelled us with scoring so quickly. I mean, five minutes after. Get the first goal back. Corner comes in. Um punch clear. Then Smith Rose sort of heads it back across. Ben White does his best to try and get a penalty, which is quite funny. He felt his <laughs> shirt. He being got punched tugged. in
0: the. He got punched in the neck. What,
2: was that there, was it? Yeah,
0: yeah, I think it is. All oh, right. I just yeah. saw his
2: shirt being pulled as he was sort of turned away. I think he gets Maybe punched and he... then
0: his his shirt's being pulled. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Which is anyway, crazy, Pate right? makes
2: it not matter. And and judging by, I mean, we're not going to go through every penalty call, but there was, I think, oh, six man. handball or... We well, didn't talk about it in the first half, but Tommy Atu had one shout where very similar to the the penalty that Gabriel Jesus got against uh, Liverpool in that mm. Tommy Asu seemed to get the ball and then the player kicked through his foot. So... You know, you see them given all the time. That wasn't really given any thought. Um, you know, before and after our goals, there was, yeah, six six moments where they all felt fairly 50-50. I would say there's one where the centre-back properly leans into it with his arm and pushes it onto the post, where I'd say that's like 90% the penalty for me. Yeah. Um, I think the real issue here is... Well, and I say this, it's hard to not feel hard done by because I think the the new instruction is not to re-REFEREE the game, right? And they, but I I just can just see, and you see in the referees' reaction when the players appeal, they they sort of say, um, you know, it will be checked. You can see them saying that sometimes to the players, and it's like the referees are leaning on that, and the problem is VAR well, are not going to overturn it unless the referee says, unless the VAR official says, yeah, he's kicked the player and the ref says, oh, I didn't see that at all. Let me have a look or something. And it, it just feels like it's going to be quite hard to get a penalty. But then I say that in the same breath that what our goal got disallowed for against Leicester where well, they forensically looked to try and overrule it. So, yeah, it's really hard not to feel hard done by, uh, especially now the refs reported us for those, for those celebrations, which we'll get to. But, yeah, I think, and even just from the law of averages, I know it doesn't work like this, but even if you have six 50-50s, you think he would give yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what then, everyone's
0: not really talking about, right? A lot of people are like, yeah. I don't think any of them were wallers. It's like, yeah, but if you get 6 but But if he gave
2: any of those six, VAR they would, would have, not, have no complaints.
0: The bit, yeah. the billing one, where everyone was like, "Oh, he's moving his hands back into his chest." Yeah, but he blocks the ball from going into the net. Yeah, in front of his face, not <laughs> in a natural position. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, the the header that Stevens does, where well, he doesn't head the ball and he just he, he's literally controlled the ball with his arm. That what's what's different to that one compared to the Saliba one that we got? Right, yeah. they're both natural Every footballing single example. Yeah, all
2: sex you could find examples where they've been given this season I just
0: couldn't believe it i mean I, I can't believe some of them weren't even looked at by var um and it sent mm. it felt like the more the goal game went on the more they were looked at by var which i just don't agree with like it doesn't matter if we're two 0 down or two two and we've got the chance to win look at them well like, have a look at them
2: my my the cynic in me pat thinks that's because it ate up more time which you know there's a lot of talk about how much was added on but i felt six was nowhere near enough no. for the amount have, of stoppages. Could have, could have been
0: 10. That that second yeah. half just did not feel like it went on at all. Um, yeah, I mean... But sh- sh- should we talk quickly about the second goal? I mean, Reese Nelson yeah. came on at, what was it, 60? Was it 65? Because that was yeah, 45 five minutes for, for
2: Smith-Rowe. Yeah, five minutes after Smith-Rowe got the assist. Another brave call from Arteta. I mean, Smith-Rowe, as we say, he's had about 45 minutes Maybe Arteta always had that in mind when he brought him on and in the first 15 never thought he would make it to the end. And with five subs, you sort of have the luxury of being able to do something like that because equally Nelson probably couldn't have done the whole game from the 15th minute because he's been out injured and, and not worked at the fitness. So he could well have thought that through. Smith Rowe better for this stage of the game. Nelson better with tired legs, a bit sharper in the final third. A bit quicker acceleration can stretch the game a bit more and that's exactly what he did I mean I think it was a matter of seconds after he came on that he he got wide on that left hand side which we've seen him flitter between the left and right came on the left in this game good cross in no doubt in my mind that he's aiming for Was it Martinelli who was in that sort of centre forward position but it sort of goes past him and then white's got himself into a great position you know he's not standing in a in a back free and watching no. and hoping he's taken responsibility there for a man who's not scored a goal for us yet spotted that opportunity even when he gets there he could have taken a touch looked to find someone else if you've not got that confidence in front of goal you might have you know put it back across goal but he takes responsibility catches it really nicely into the floor, mm. um yeah, and then even the ref wasn't going to call that until his watch <laughs> made him. <laughs> so
0: yeah, uh, it was about a, just just the foot in, it, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah, but that you know, I genuinely think if we didn't have goal and technology, he wouldn't have given that. <laughs> and that yeah, because the, the, is, is, is the boring.
0: line the liner is not even in line with it, is he? No. Um, so yeah, he sort I, of reluctantly I, looked at his watch right. and
2: blew his whistle.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm um. I'm I'm very happy for them White getting his first ever Premier League goal, first Arsenal goal, mm. and uh, obviously celebrated as them White Woods, which is just like running back smiling. Um, yeah, it was and nice that, to see. At, at, at that moment, we had 20 minutes left, didn't we, Ollie? And we see this a lot, don't we? Where teams come back from like a goal down, two goals down, they have the momentum, and they just can't really get that winner. Um, mm. And I, I for the sake of me, just thought, kind of like the United game, I was starting to. I was starting to digest a draw. I was like, well, you know, I still think fans are going to be clapping at the end. I still think, you know, the players would have been like, well, we played absolutely shockingly and we still got a point. Um, but at the same time, I was like, well, if they could win it, it would just be like a Villa moment, but, but even bigger, a United moment, but closer to the to the end of the season. And And how big would that be? And we just never really crafted anything, did we? between that mm. and 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 the third goal. I mean, what were you feeling in those last 20 minutes when we, we just couldn't craft an opening?
2: Yeah, I mean, so two goals within 13 minutes of their second. And then, as you say, we had 20 plus added. I think it's, it's a psychological thing that you talk about there because as much as we needed the win, the players are giving everything and probably taking too many risks maybe. When you're behind as soon as you've got something then you know the run white makes to score that goal maybe at two two he stands five yards further back
0: well yeah the other thing was jacka came on didn't he which isn't an attacking and at that point i actually thought well Arteta's is looking at this with a very cold head and thinking I, 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 whatever happens here these guys look pretty good in attack i, I cannot we cannot lose this game in a similar yeah. way to the the Newcastle one, where we were nil nil, and with ten minutes to go, a lot of the times last season, didn't we? We just went for the went for the win until the final seconds, and I'm sure Arteta does want to do that, but we have been killed by that in the past. I mean, if you look at um, Everton away last season, you know United away this season, um, maybe even City. At home this season, we we kind of went a, uh, went a bit gung ho, when we didn't have to. Um, could have been a bit more pragmatic. Uh, even United away last season, where we get it back to to two two and. And you know we're, we're kind of getting the ball back and putting it on the penalty spot. It's like some of these get you don't have to win every game to win a title or to come top four. And mm. maybe we're seeing a kind of pragmatic side of Arteta develop. I'm not saying he was settling at that point, but I did think it was a bit of an insurance policy, and and maybe just to say, well, we we cannot lose from this position. And actually, Bournemouth <laughs> had a bit of an attacking flurry didn't they in those last 15 minutes I was really surprised that they came out to play Um and we looked a little bit like on the back foot for a little bit
2: yeah I think I'd
0: probably I'd probably
2: disagree I think he I think he very much wanted to win the game I think when you look at the bench his uh you know we'd only used three subs the, he didn't bring on Jack to the 85th mm. 84th Vieira, how often has he played 90 minutes? i mm. um, going to start you know, on impact. Thursday as
0: well, I guess.
2: Yeah, impact dwindling. So he's got left to bring on. He had holding, which obviously you're not going to do. Jorginho, which I wondered whether he would think Jorginho for party. He might, it may just be fresh legs to pick a pass kind of thing. But I think the threat on the break, you didn't really want to take party off. Um, Kiwi another centre back. Tierney, I did consider that he may go for that to give some width. Um, but then other than that is the keeper and Xhaka. So I was expecting Xhaka to come on. Again, I did think, well, could you make it slightly more attacking and put Xhaka on for parte? But yeah, I, I think he just wanted fresh legs because as we've talked about, when Xhaka has time on the ball in deeper areas, which... You know, I said this after the Everton game, I think he's really good in those zones. And because Bournemouth was so deep, it felt like a game where Xhaka may get it, have a little bit of time and put in a really nice ball to force a penalty or force a yeah. header kind of thing, like we saw against United with his ball to Enchetti or something. So I think it made sense. I think it was just fresh legs. I know what you mean. It ge- it does give that slight bit more security, but I still think it was a case of these were the clubs he had. and yeah. You had know, to play with him, like, but um, I mean on Vieira, what did you make of that because I think it's that like his first his first premier League start probably with Erdegaard, I would imagine I know he's yeah. had a couple of games with Erdegaard out. What did you make of that
0: show? um I, I mean i again, I didn't watch the first half what I saw from from what I saw in the second I, I don't quite think he's got the rotations with Zinchenko. Um and actually in those last ten minutes, who was the person that had the ball the most when Vieira was off? It was it was Zinchenko, right. I do think the Zinchenko Shaka partnership has developed and is is quite a good one in the sense that you know, Xhaka's really comfortable in the kind of deep areas. As he mentioned, he's comfortable in the left back spot, in the centre back spot, in the kind of left midfield spot, and we've even seen him kind of be the the decoy centre forward as well, um, especially with Trossard in the team. So, I, I, I'm still of the opinion that you know our best team is a is a one with Jacker there. And actually, I do think if if Arteta had this time again he definitely would be starting him in this game because, you know, our transition, because, you know, if we go back to the Everton game, that first half, first 40 minutes, it wasn't too dissimilar from the kind of highlights I've seen from the Bournemouth game where there was a lot of like fast breaks, counters, and a couple of them, Xhaka stops in our own third. And a couple of them, he start he stops kind of like, in their half. And I think his counter pressing and his recovery running is really, really underrated. Um, it's something that Vieira obviously doesn't possess. It's obviously like a, a to and fro, right? Like you, you start Xhaka and maybe it's nil-nil at 50 minutes and, and you, you're you kind of thinking we should have started Vieira and vice versa. But I do yeah. think this was a game that maybe really crystallized to to um. To, to Arteta that Xhaka's gonna start pretty much every Pillar Premier League game between now and the end well, of the season, I think.
2: Yeah, and, and therein lies my issue and why I think he wasn't wrong to do this. Because you know we talked we talked about the lineup for sporting Lisbon and it feels like it's not a game you can do Vieira Erdegaard, you'd rather rest Erdegaard play Vieira there. Mm-hmm. And then you need Shaka. And we're going to need, I know Jacques has been Mr. Durable, but he is getting older. And he did fade a bit, as did the whole team in that top four race when we were doing two games a week at the end of last season. You know, he was critical of others at Newcastle, but he himself had a poor game. We need, we're need. we going to need him in April because he absolutely has to start those games. We're not going to want Vieira left eight away at Anfield, St. James's Park and Etihad. So, if he's going to get any break of minutes, and we talked about how we may need him in the Europa League because there's not a a balanced alternative, then we need to be able to trust another player to start this game, home against Bournemouth. And I know we nearly didn't win it, but I don't necessarily think that was anything to do with Vieira. I think he had some nice touches. I think he's clearly got quality. And again, he's only going to improve with games and minutes. So... It's difficult. I, I, I don't know how Arteta will interpret it, because equally, if he thought it was a real big problem, Pat, he probably hooked him at half-time, like Tommy Assey did for White. And I know it's a bit more defensive and we're one nil down, but he made it at 2-2 when we needed a goal. So it's a really interesting one. I don't want 30-year-old Jack to burn out in April when we no. really need him. So... You know, nice really that he played five minutes, well, ten minutes in this game, and, and we've well, well, got th- win,
0: But this is when um, the Europa League cycle starts to impact us, right? Because mm. if we didn't have a game on Thursday, I'm pretty sure Xhaka and Ben White start. And yeah, you know, I think this, as you said, the rotational cycle, rather than maybe the the tiredness of Xhaka, has forced. Arteta's hands, because you know, Odegaard needs a rest. Odegaard's probably going to go on in the international break, isn't he? With with Norway, like he always goes. Um mm. so I don't know, like it's yeah, an issue. I'm I'm yeah. hoping that we can just negotiate these next four fixtures. And
2: I always saw it as you could rest Shaka in this game, you couldn't really rest Odegaard. And in sporting, you can probably rest Erdegaard, but you can't really rest Xhaka, particularly for the away leg. Yeah. So, yeah, made sense to me, and, and we get away with it. But, but they have I mean, quite talk-
0: combative midfielders as well, sporting. It's Agate um, yeah. who's quite highly rated, isn't he? And I forgot the Japanese international's name, but he's also quite a combative midfielder. Uh, mm. So so it's going to be a bit of a battle, I think, away from home. And um, yeah. I think we'll need Xhaka for that.
2: I mean, I know we've got to wrap it up soon. We talked about the winner at the start, but we've got to, God, I just give a bit more props to Reese Nelson. I mean, hadn't had a, a fairly bad injury. He was out for a couple of months, I think. Mm-hmm. But Arteta did say he was fit the last few weeks, but just hasn't managed to get a place on the bench. Nketi's injury is the only reason he's there. Um, you know, maybe if Nketi's in the squad, we we win this game another way, but... Reese Nelson has played 85 Premier League minutes this season, scored three goals, got two assists. So, you know, I'm sure he's not going to keep anywhere near at that rate. But from a player who contracts was going at the end of the season, no talk of a new one. There is talk this morning. (laughs) Maybe that's just on the back of this goal. But um, he's clearly a player that I think he started Arteta's first few games in charge. and. Arteta's always been keen when he's gone out on loan to sort of trigger year extensions on his contract. A bit like Smith-Rowe, this is a player who really highly rated through the academy, but injury issues are a real concern. But what we saw from Nelson that we maybe didn't see from Smith-Rowe yet is Nelson's ability to come in cold and look very, very sharp. He didn't look like a player who hasn't played for months. And, you know, whether it's the, the assist for White in that quick acceleration or the goal, you know, perfectly positioned himself. Great touch, incredible finish, huge moment for him. And I just hope that can propel him on because when this guy was a teenager, he was sort of being talked, talked up as one of the best things from our Academy, you know, alongside Sancho who himself hasn't, hasn't hit the heights that many hoped yet, but there's clearly talent there. There's clearly faith from the manager and it would be great for him and for us because we've talked about no real alternative to, to Saka um to rotate, but potentially in these Europa League games now you could you can trust someone like Nelson to start. And that will be huge in I've talked about wanting to keep Jacka fresh for April. We've got to keep Saka fresh for April. We've got to keep all our top players fresh for April. So yeah, a massive moment.
0: Unbelievable, <clears throat> really. Unbelievable, mm. like I think he would be quite low on the list of players you'd want it falling on, especially on their weak mm-hmm. foot. Um, I yeah. don't think I've ever seen Reese Nelson shoot with his well, left he, foot,
2: and he made that decision because it dropped sort of to his right, but awkwardly. Yeah, and he he could have just panicked, swung with the right, probably gets blocked or balloons over. At the end of the game. But he thinks, you know, he, I th- I heard him talking it through himself. He can see the opportunity on his left, yeah, and he that's where the it is. over. Yeah, he sees, I think he said the the sort of space between the defenders. So hugely piece of intelligence and quality in a moment where a lot of players are panicking, including a lot of other Arsenal players, and let alone someone who's not played for ages. So, yeah, not enough words to to give credit to him for that. And and let's hope when we look back on this, it's a, a really memorable moment and not just a Wellbeck versus Leicester where we thought everything was coming together but this season uh, I put this in the BBC piece this week you know we're on a lot more points than we were that year and um we're actually top of the table I think we were still behind Leicester at that point so yeah. it's it would be great if that's uh, a moment we've had a few moments we've had the Eddie one we've had Jorginho slash Martinez and now Nelson in recent weeks but We need a few more straightforward ones. It was good that Everton in the week was straightforward, I guess, um, because we can't do this for 12 more games. It is not really sustainable. Um, Let's hope that we take the positives from the energy that we've taken from this in terms of belief. Because remember, Pat, this was a team that didn't come back and win as recently as last year in any game. So we're now coming from two goals down at home we're coming from behind away from home we're coming from behind against teams like man united and top three so real progress made on all fronts um we haven't really got much time to laugh at spurs and liverpool but do you want can you give me your 30 second thoughts on i guess particularly that liverpool man united game yeah sorry uh, not laugh at
0: liverpool no at well definitely don't laugh at liverpool because we're the next visitors to Anfield um yeah. uh Spurs didn't even realise until about two hours after we finished our yeah, game, so, which was yeah. um, which was really funny. But it also means that Saint Tottering's day is is probably um, between them dropping points and us gaining about eighteen points away. So could happen in the next. Could happen before kind of game week thirty one, thirty two, which is hilarious. Um, mm. Imagine if you told us that last season, um, United. Yeah, I've, I've always thought that this kind of United hot streak and media loving was just completely overrated. Um, a lot of people saying that Ten Hag's worked miracles, and you know he's he's got them on the track. Like after spending two hundred and fifty million, I read a, a tweet that they've conceded as many goals as their Lindelof Maguire partnership did in nineteen twenty season, and there's twelve <laughs> games to go. So I mean tell me where they've improved there because they spent 60 million on a center half, um, another 12 million on a backup left back 70 million on a CDM on, you know, 50 million quid a year. And they've conceded as many goals. So how how, how does that work? I've just always thought this run they've had is so, so kind. I think you tweeted the other day, like it's thousand to one that they'd get this many home cup pictures in a row. Um, Mm. they also got the Barcelona return leg at home, you know, all these things have fallen into their lap. And um, unfortunately, I think they've got a couple of nice fixtures to bounce back on. Uh, Betis at home and Southampton at home. I think if you could pick two games to kind of play um, as a United team, you'd want those. But honestly, like they've got a really tough fixture list between now and the end of the season. I wouldn't be shocked if they come fourth or maybe even fifth. I really, really really do not rate them as highly as the media and, and many other people do. I've even found it weird that a lot of Arsenal fans think Ten Hag and United have improved so much I just you know they're not as good as the Mourinho or Ole teams that came second I think that's just the truth and um, they're going to need another 300 400 million to to get anywhere near that level let alone ours so um, Hmm. yeah not long may that continue Um, and hopefully they get a few more poundings between now and the end of the season
2: (laughs) yeah I mean I I can see improvements from a longer-term point of view. I get that those managers came second, but I guess there are elements that he's, you know, the stance he's taken with Ronaldo and all that kind of thing, that he's maybe sorting the culture out there because there was a huge culture problem. However, there's so many dislikable, horrible players in that team. You look at Anthony Fernandez, Lissandro, Bruno, and, um, yeah, plenty of others who really irritate me and you can imagine won't be easy to
0: manage. Sorry no, I, I mean. What, did, like was it you. true that uh Bruno wanted to leave um the pit at four or five nil? Um which is which is crazy. Imagine Odegaard wanting to get taken off um last season at City. Yeah, uh, I just we you know
2: if United were at the very top and playing well, we have no chance because I've just seen Dermot Gallagher trying to have you seen the clip of Bruno um, uh, sort of swinging out? having the ref,
0: official. pushing the ref, yeah. yeah.
2: So Der Gallagher's gone on TV and said the uh, assistant was at fault because he man handles Bruno <laughs> first,
0: um, which...
1: <laughs> that is hilarious. Like, yeah.
0: Oh, my uh, God. It Just imagine Shaka pushing a liner yeah. and then a ref, yeah. come, a former ref, former head of PGMOL, right, Der Gallagher. Is he? Mm. Coming out and saying that. It's just unbelievable, really. I, I think yeah. the, the other thing about United, you know, just really quickly, is I think I saw a stat they played a second lowest line in the league. And, you know, Arsenal shifted up their line when they moved White to right right back and well, actually when we bought White first and foremost, and then we moved it up even more when White went to right back, Sinchenko came in and and Saliba came in. I just don't know if they can ever do that with Varanen. Lysandro, like especially Lissandra. I mean he he looks like a you know fish out of water in any any sort of space as we saw with Salah and a couple of the other goals. Um mm. I I just think that they've they've pegged their bets on some players that just won't win you a league title. Like I don't think you can win the league with Bruno Fernandez in your team in the ten. Like, I think he's really, really good, and I really like well, him. Well, they're all
2: playing about Red Cross in the ten.
0: Yeah, and they're playing well, Bruno out wide. They've got Anthony and Sancho, like two very expensive bets, neither of which have come off. Um, they've got Dalot and Wan-Bissaka right back, neither of which really look on the stick on. He keeps rotating them. Varane, you know, he's still amazing, but kind of a bit past his best. They're thinking about giving De Gea a new contract. Lissandro it's not going to win you a title. I'm really sorry. Like I know that the short man, like we were interested in him at 30 million, at 60, 60 million and on the wage he's on, I don't know, I think Luke Shaw will probably get a new contract. Casemiro's on a big deal. You know, he's 60% cut passing accuracy every other game. Um, I, I just, I think they've got too many short-term solutions that yeah. once one of guess... those goes wrong, I just, I just can't really see it. I really yeah. can't.
2: I agree. They they get away with it because they have the money to keep yeah. doing those short term things, and we've seen how quickly things can change. I, I do think they're improved, but they're they're definitely not going for the title. And you know that all their former players and stuff talking about quadruples and oh, yeah, being so involved that, in the race. They're now fourteen yeah. points, fourteen points behind us with a game in hand. But even if they won that, it's eleven points with twelve games to go. So I think this weekend. Arsenal and Man City coming through um, and United getting convincingly beaten sort of turns this now. I'd be surprised if anyone's talking about United in the title anymore. But there was a hell of a lot of talk of, of them in the they're last to weeks.
0: They're going to be in a big slog for the, the top four now, I think. Because if you look at their fixtures, um, they've still got Newcastle away, Brentford at home. Forest away, mm. Chelsea at home, Spurs away, West Ham away, Bournemouth away. Like, <laughs> just luckily for them is Spurs who are chasing them. <laughs> well, I mean it's Spurs and Newcastle and it's Brighton and it's Brentford. You know, you never know, right? It's a crazy league, and and Liverpool as well, right? Liverpool could easily yeah. come above them. at six points I think, gap. I think
2: Liverpool and United will get
0: it. I I think so as well, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's Liverpool third, United fourth. Um, mm. I just think the, the run they've got United uh, alongside they're going to go through the, the FA Cup and the Europa League aren't they? And, and Liverpool will go out. Yeah, they're so. going to go out this week. So, yeah, I, I think um, they're going to be looking behind rather than forward. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, Spurs as well, quite funny, isn't it? Um, the F1 partnership, which was hilarious. Um, Their owners out in Dubai, levy was in bahrain doing the deal contest still in italy obviously you know with, with health issues um half the players there don't look like they want to be there it's just it's just really funny isn't it really really mm. funny and um i mean it's crazy i've got spurs mates who are still not wanting Conte gone and, and blaming levy for all of this it's just um pretty crazy anyway for another podcast yeah.
2: great win great yeah. feeling we could talk for hours about this weekend it's been a very memorable one particularly for what happened at the Emirates, but then everything that superseded that was also very memorable. So drink it in, have all the content in the world that you can have. And hopefully this content that we've just produced and you've listened to has played a small part in the smile that you Arsenal fans should have on your face all mm. week. So thank you very much for listening to the Fresh Arsenal podcast. I've been Ollie PB. You can find me at Oli Price Bates on Twitter. I've been joined by Pet, who's at AFC Pet. And you've been listening to the Fresh Arsenal podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. See you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.